0: More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck And I'm
1: Lisa Popcheck And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today on More to Life, who can you trust? Do you have a hard time trusting or rebuilding broken trust? We're going to help you out today. Give us a call, 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body uh, reveals how you can actually achieve it.
2: More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising,
1: relevant, hopeful. Now, Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior.
2: Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety.
1: Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The
2: life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to Life.
1: Good morning, everybody. You are listening to More to Life. On the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, we're looking at trust. On our show titled, Who Can You Trust? We are specifically looking at those situations where you're having a hard time trusting someone in particular, rebuilding broken trust, or for that matter, just knowing who to trust in the first place. 877 mm-hmm. 573 7825. If you are struggling with questions of trust today,
2: this is a tough one, isn't it? Because if somebody in your life, especially a pivotal person in your life, broke your trust somewhere along the line, especially if it was a parent or a sibling or somebody who was close to you in your childhood, it can make trusting others a really difficult chore for the rest of your life to know. Can I trust this person? Can I let them into my life? If so, how far? Too uh, too often, even if our, say our parents have been wonderful and, and were able, we could trust them you know, from day one. Sometimes we say, oh, well, then we can trust everybody and we let everybody in and other people hurt us. And as we get hurt, it can be very difficult to recover from that pain and figure out how to trust again. Even to the point of saying, can I trust God? Can I let him into my life? If so, how far do I trust him? What part's my responsibility? What part will God do? Is, is he really being faithful to me? Everybody on AWTN tells me he's faithful all the time, but what about my life? What about my situation? Trust is a real tightrope walk for every single human being. And if you're struggling with that in one way or another, or you have somebody in your life who's struggling... To trust, maybe trust you, or trust somebody else in their life, and you're saying, eh, should they, shouldn't they? We're here to help you figure it all out today on More to Life.
1: You know, looking at this whole question of trust from the perspective of the theology of the body, Pope St. John Paul the Great reminds us that we're made for love, and that our greatest mission in life is to build and actively participate in a community of love. Right? that's that's sort of his term for building the kingdom of God, you know, creating a civilization of love. Well, it's trust ultimately that makes that possible. You know Trust is the quality that allows us to count on another person to be consistently loving. In other words, to be consistently working for our good, not just when they feel like it or when it's easy, but every day. You know, unconditionally, trust is ultimately the evidence that a person has the ability to do what they say they're going to do the desire to consistently work for our good in the first place, and the integrity to correct themselves or at least be easily corrected when they occasionally behave unlovingly. If we have a lack of trust, it makes it impossible to build an authentically loving relationship because you just can't count that the loving actions or the loving attitude that another person displays in this moment is going to be there in the next. So trust is ultimately the quality that allows us to focus on giving ourselves to each other Instead of having to focus on protecting ourselves from each other, are you struggling with questions of trust? Is there someone in particular that you're having a hard time trusting or rebuilding trust after it's been broken? Let's talk about it and find some ways to create greater peace and harmony in all of your relationships. 877 Again, that's eight seven seven five seven three. 7825. In addition to taking your calls, we're going to be joined in just a few by Andy Lichtenwallner. Dr. Lichtenwallner is the executive director of the USCCB's Secretariat for Laity, Family, Marriage, and Youth. He's going to talk to us a little bit about trust in relationships. And also we're going to be sharing three more to life hacks for building trust in your life. Important things that everybody needs to know to trust in healthy ways or rebuild trust. If it's been broken, 877-573-7825. If you are struggling with knowing whether to trust someone, how to trust people or how to rebuild broken trust, we want to help you through all of those questions today. Again, that's 877-573-7825 seven eight two five you know
2: greg you're talking about andy lichtenwaller joining us and how he's you know part of of the laity marriage family and youth and as soon as i heard that i thought all of the parents were going ah youth can we trust them can we how Uh, far can uh, we trust them are we going to trust them to come home in time are we going to trust them to tell us the truth are we going to trust that other youth who's trying to date our youth and how you do all of that there's so many places where trust is important and you need to know how far and in what areas. And that alone is an interesting point. Maybe you trust somebody in your life and they're terrific, except for this one little area, this one little place. And you're thinking, what do I do about that? I, I can trust them except for this one struggle they have. I can trust them except with money. I can trust them except with this area of their life that scares me a little bit. Well, and what do I do with my heart and my life mm-hmm. in that situation?
1: Well, you know, and, and you raise an interesting point because uh, I think a lot of people see trust as an all or nothing sort of yes. a thing. We'll talk about this more the, later. The on.
2: idea of the good guy and the bad guy. You know, I don't trust um, the big bad wolf but, I, you know, the other people in my life I trust really, really well. So it, we do feel it's that all or nothing. And then we're surprised when that person that we trust has an area of weakness. And suddenly we're thinking, can we trust them and how far?
1: So let's talk about trust today on More to Life. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the and Father, and, Father
2: and, and, the Son, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit, Amen. Amen.
1: Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we thank you for, all, for allowing us to always be able to trust you because you are ever faithful and you are always true and constantly present, pouring out your grace into our hearts and allowing us to trust you even more and to cling to you even more profoundly in our everyday life. And you call us, Lord, to trust each other so that we can create that civilization of love that your servant, Pope St. John Paul the Great, reminded us is our destiny, our, our duty, and our privilege. But Lord, it's hard to trust other people because we live in a broken world where we are often hurt by others, and sometimes we even hurt others in return. And so it's hard to know whether we can count on each other to be consistently loving and to express that sort of love that allows us to be appropriately vulnerable with each other and work for each other's good. So, Lord, we bring to you all of our broken relationships, all those situations where we're struggling with trust or rebuilding trust, and we ask you, Lord, to guide us step by step on that path that leads us to greater unity in you through your grace. We ask all of this for the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And in the, in the name, name of, of the Father, Father,
2: and the Son, Son and the
1: Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit, amen. amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More Life, again, we are looking at whom you can trust. Give us a call. Let's talk it out. Do you have a hard time trusting people in general, rebuilding broken trust with someone in particular, struggling with trusting God or yourself for that matter? Let's talk it out. 877-573-7820. Two, five.
2: We're talking now with Debbie, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Tennessee on Sirius 130.
1: Hey, Debbie, welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you today? Good morning. Good morning. How can we help you out?
3: Well, my marriage was devastated when my husband had a long-term affair. Oh,
1: I'm sorry.
3: And we were reconciled, and I'm having an issue with trust. Sure. Like you were saying, Greg, day-to-day, minute-to-minute, I have to know that I can trust him again
1: so tell me first of all how long have you been married and how long was the affair when did it end
3: it ended more than a year ago okay after
1: going on for how long over a year okay so it went on for over a year how long you guys been married
3: almost 45 years
1: okay so Debbie you when you say that you've reconciled what's that reconciliation process been what have you done
3: There was no um, counseling other than meeting with our priest, and immediately, immediately after we found out, there was, um, we called him, and he said, come right away, which was very helpful. Mm -hmm. He didn't say, come next week or come tomorrow, He said, come in today.
1: Okay. And... I'm glad he was able to be there for you. That's terrific.
3: Yes. So you you, you met with your priest,
1: and he was instrumental in helping you guys reconcile...
3: Yes, he was, very much so. He recommended, don't don't leave, stay, stay in the same household. You can't reconcile if someone leaves the house. There's questions to be to be answered, and that would be too difficult to do if, if one person left. And, and we, you know, we, we, we're pretty solid now, but I have trouble with trust and I've forgiven him, mm-hmm. which was very hard to do. I'm sure. And... We love each other, but I'm having trouble
1: with trust now. And and can I ask you, uh, Debbie? Is this is this the you guys have been married an awfully long time? Is this the first time he's cheated on you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 the yes. the relationship is over entirely. Yeah. Okay. When you say you have a hard time trusting, how does that play out exactly?
3: It's probably irrational on my part. I have no reason to, but I find myself checking his phone
1: and Well, you know, you say you have no reason to. I'm going to be devil's advocate here just for a second and say, well, what what, what, reason do you have not to? Do you understand what I'm saying?
3: I don't.
1: I don't. Oh, I'm well, just, let, well, no, let, let me walk you I'm through this. I'm being
3: cause, cautious. I'm being cautious.
1: Oh, no, but I mean, I mean you misunderstood what I said, though. I, I, what I meant was, uh, you know, you're saying you don't have any reason to, to, to check the phone. You don't have any reason to not trust him. Uh, you know, the question really is, how do you know whether you can trust him? Right. And, and, and I'm glad because you, you thought
2: you could trust him, him before, before he had the year long affair. So you were you were not checking things and doing all that before. Now you've seen maybe you should have been or you at least would have felt more prepared had you. And of course, you're saying, well, he's done nothing to show me that that that's not going to happen again. So you're being cautious
1: and and this is where uh counseling can come in very helpful uh or or even a program like retrovi can be extremely useful um because what happens when, when people try to kind of recover from affairs on their own you know, and, and you guys have done a very good job you know um, working Father through this on you your put
2: own a own lot of stuff the, in place that yeah, was good and that,
1: that was you t- you've taken some very mm-hmm. positive first steps and i'm glad that the, the the church was able to be there for you through this and get you through the crisis but getting past an affair means more than just the person who is cheating, stopping the affair. Um, it involves doing some work on the relationship that perhaps hasn't been done for a long time that will both uh, give you the ability to trust more and decrease the likelihood that your husband would ever do this again. Uh, you know, generally speaking, Um, You know there 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 are lots of people who have marital troubles, but those troubles don't end in in infidelity except in in cases generally speaking Where there's been either some kind of impairment uh, and I don't have time to get into all the details of the situation here But but you know if if, for example if somebody was on a business trip and they got drunk and had a one-night stand sort of a thing or more common honestly is where The couple isn't very good at dealing with conflict um, isn't very good at expressing emotions or needs and what happens over time is that the person who's not who's particularly not good at that tends to stuff a lot of things and they end up getting depressed. Then they find somebody at work or the gym or at church or in the community that makes them laugh, makes them feel good. And they end up using that relationship as a self as a way of self-medicating for this undiagnosed depression that comes from not knowing how to express feelings or deal with conflict effectively. So, you know, in, in very often what will happen is in recovering from the affair, yeah, first you have to stop the affair. Um, but that's not enough to get the marriage back on track. You, you have to work with the couple to be able to, uh, for example, in, in, in the situation I'm describing, help the person who cheated be better at managing conflict, be better at expressing emotions, be better at, at, uh, at, at advocating for their needs so that they can not stuff things anymore. Uh, the, the person in your position has to get better at not just assuming that everything's okay. Right, um, and 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 not asking questions because a lot of times in that dynamic, you know, you, you end up with a situation where one spouse never says anything, and the other spouse just sort of assumes that everything's just wonderful, and then they and then they suddenly find out, wait a minute, it's not been wonderful. He's been cheating on me all this time, right? So you know, you have to have some structures in place now that let you be able to look to the relationship to know that the relationship is strong. So the other part of this, uh, that the, the counseling and retrovi can do for you, is 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 make sure, is help you turn more energy to the relationship than you have in the past. For instance, you know, it when you stop the affair, maybe the marriage goes back to the way it was before. But how do you know you can trust that? I mean, you had, you had 43 years of the marriage you thought being perfectly fine until it wasn't right. And is, is going back to that enough? To trust him? No, absolutely not. You have to make sure that the two of you are putting even more energy into the relationship and into each other than you ever have before. This is is an invitation, if you will, to really take the relationship to a deeper level and do more work on this marriage than you have perhaps ever before, because that's what's going to enable you to trust. You're going to be able to look at your husband and yourself and say, you know what? We are such a different couple now than we were before this. We are working so differently on our marriage, so much harder on our relationship than we ever have. We are tending to each other so much um, more seriously than we ever have. We're being so much more intentional about this relationship than we ever have been. It doesn't make sense to not trust each other. But if it just goes back to the way it was before the affair, it's like, well, you, you never know, because well, I thought everything was great for 43 years. Well, you know, so so the point is at this at this time in your relationship, in order to be able to trust your husband, you, you need to go through a process that's going to allow you to discover what it means to take your relationship more seriously and live it more intentionally and take care of each other uh, more attentively. So I'm going to encourage you to at least start. By finding out where, uh, where Retrovi is meeting and when it's meeting in your area, contact your uh, local uh, diocesan office for Family Life and find out when Retrovi is meeting, or you can go to helpourmarriage.com to find out about Retrovie in your area. Retrovi uh, is a French word. It means rediscover. Uh, and it's a program. It's a weekend retreat for couples who have been through difficult things in their relationship. Plus, there are six follow-up sessions as well. It's not counseling, but it can certainly get the ball rolling and, and help you identify kind of where we need to go from there. I would really encourage you to look into some marriage-friendly counseling on top of this as well, because even though, again, you've gotten to a place where the affair is over and you say that you're secure... It's haunting uh, you. It's haunting you, exactly. And, And I think that you need to learn what it's going to take to take your relationship to the place where you can really invest in each other and trust him and each other more so if you'd uh, marriage friendly is a great website for um, local referrals or you can contact us through catholic to learn about our telephone counseling practice those are both resources for you as well debbie you've done a lot of good work and i'm glad the church was there for you in that time of your need but there's more work to be done and it's not just on you letting go of this it's about the two of you working together to take your relationship to a different place so that you can look at it instead of at your husband's phone or anything else that uh, that you know any, any other thing that would give you that security that you're looking for. Thanks for the call Debbie. If there's more we can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. We're taking your calls today about trust. How do you know when you can trust somebody in the first place? How can you rebuild broken trust? We are here for you. 877-573-7825. In addition to taking your calls, when we return we're going to be talking with Dr. Andy Lichtenwalner of the usccb's office for laity marriage family and youth he's going to talk to us about the importance of trust in relationships and how to cultivate it stick around for that and a whole lot more coming up when more to life returns after the break
3: the wisdom of mother angelica
4: i want you to have such confidence in the lord that you'll find such hope and see the beauty of the lord the majesty
3: of god
2: what did our
4: lord say huh If your sins are as scarlet, oh, what? What's going to happen? They shall be
5: made white as snow. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic.
0: Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit.
6: Are you looking for peace, longing for joy, want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the New Evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB.
0: This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Your search for affordable health care stops here. Since 2014, CMF Curo has provided Catholics with affordable health care sharing that goes beyond insurance. With programs that cost less than many COBRA and ACA-sponsored plans, CMF Curo is a Catholic health sharing experience that enables you to live fully alive while saving money. Call 1-833-GET-CURO to find affordable Catholic health care now. That's
1: 1-833-GET-CURO. i Dr. Greg Popcheck, And I'm Lisa Popcheck, And you're listening to the best of More to Life. trust
2: oh it's such a tiny word it's such a big thing to do when it comes to all those people in your life we're here to help you today on more to life to find that balance to find that trust and to walk confidently in it i'm lisa Popcheck.
1: i'm dr greg Popcheck, and you are listening to more to life on the EWTN global catholic radio network we're talking today about trust as lisa just said and if you are struggling to trust someone or trust in general we are here to help 877-573-7825 joining us right now Dr. Andy Lichtenwalner he is the executive director of the USCCB secretariat for laity marriage family and youth and he's here today to talk to us about the importance of trust in relationships Dr. Lichtenwalner thanks for joining us
7: hi Greg and Lisa good to be here
1: well, good to have you here. So, you know, Pope Francis has actually spoken a bit about trust and the importance of trust in relationships in Amoris Laetitia. Tell us a bit about that.
7: Yeah, he sure has. Uh, you know, in his commentary on Corinthians, where it says, love believes all things. He he looks at that passage and focuses on, on the meaning there of, of really love trusts, uh, love as trusting, as kind of an essential quality of love. Now, obviously, there, there are people in our lives that We don't trust as much as we would like, you know, and that's based on kind of bad behavior, but love always seeks to trust, and so trust is vital for any healthy relationship, really. You know, when we trust someone, Pope Francis says, we don't seek to control them, and it's like we're not constantly looking over our shoulder thinking we might be stabbed in the back either. You know, there's there's just a, a really important part of trust that's basic to healthy, open relationships.
1: Well, you know, and, and trust, of course, is an important part of, of building a team, and whether that's a marital team, a family team, a team at work, a team at church. Uh, trust is, is an essential piece of that. And you were talking about a book, actually, that, uh, that, that spoke to this whole point.
7: Yeah, Patrick Lencioni, uh, he has a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, a great, a great book for anybody uh, working on teams, whether business-wise or, or broader. But he says, you know, the, the first building block a healthy team is trust and and the absence of trust is the first step to a dysfunctional team and the way he he has it ordered is you know when you have an absence of trust then you have you know people who are not uh, who are really kind of being protective of themselves they're cautious around others they're uh, maybe thinking that someone is going to stab them in the back or they they can't really be vulnerable uh, before the other person they can't share their weaknesses with others and so in a team that's that's really a, a downfall uh, when you can't share your weaknesses because then you can't you can't uh, rely on the strengths of others and you can't have a, a cohesion which says okay you know i can i can bring this to the team you have this gift that you can bring and there's there's an over reliance there's a kind of a an enclosed in a and then so he says that it, it leads, an absence of trust leads to a fear of conflict, and conflict is necessary in life. You know, we're, we're going to deal with conflict, we're going to deal with conflict in our marriages, in our families, in our work relationships. So if we don't, if we don't trust the people that we're with, it's very difficult to engage conflict in a, in a healthy, constructive way.
1: All right, so having established the importance of trust in, in any relationship, and especially in marriage and family, you know, where would you recommend that, that, I mean, what would you recommend as a basic practice that, that couples and families can do to try to cultivate that trust in their relationship?
7: Yeah, well, I mean, a big part of trust is, uh, is, is being truthful, being honest with others, you know, and, and that includes honesty about our weaknesses and feelings. so ultimately, it involves being vulnerable. And, and how do we practice this in a regular day-to-day way, especially in family life? Pope Francis, you know, has encouraged us, uh, has encouraged families time and again to say sorry to one another. Uh, and, and that's a perfect practice in building a culture of trust. Because uh, we look at, you know, what does being truly sorry really mean, really entail? Um, for one thing, it means the accepting responsibility for a real failure, on my part, our part, and being vulnerable in a way that we can communicate that to someone else and really ask for forgiveness. Um, but, you know, this, but being truly sorry means that, you know, it's not just saying I'm sorry, um, will you forgive me, but there's something more to it, and the Church has a long tradition here right, in confession, that when we confess our sins, receive of the Lord's mercy, um, we're also asked to do penance, you know, to do something that makes amends for what was done. Obviously, we can't, you know, Jesus is the one who makes up (laughs) for our sin, and we participate in that, but we have to do that in all of our relationships in ways. Like, the real genuineness of our repentance is not only in the intention to avoid doing whatever hurtful thing was done but also in seeking to mend the harm that was done in
1: some way. So, I'm we, sorry I'm sorry isn't the magic word it's uh, it's the beginning of a process of rebuilding that of trust. Dr. Yeah. Annie Lichtenwalner thanks so much for being with us and of course if folks would like to learn more about the good work that you guys do they can check out ForYourMarriage.org that's ForYourMarriage.org the USCCB's website for couples and families and more to life we'll be back with more help in learning to trust or trust again after the break stick around
5: If you're an optimistic Catholic, will you live longer? I'm Chuck Aetica, and this is Journey Strong. My wife Susan and I recently lost a dear friend who almost made it to age 99. Varied studies suggest that we may have a better chance of living to near 100 if we are both emotionally aware and hold a positive attitude about life. Being optimistic is a Catholic thing, or it should be. We hold views that include man and God prevailing over darkness and evil, and all human life being highly valued and unique. All positive. But we need more than worldly optimism. We need true theological hope. The Catechism states, Hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. Now that's hope. For more on this, look to the Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net.
6: We live right now in dark and confusing times, but Jesus is always at work. We shouldn't allow ourselves to forget what we know just because we're facing many circumstances that are threatening and confusing to us. You know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know that he's poured out his Holy Spirit and formed his body on the earth and that he is the head of the body in heaven and his body is right here on earth. You can point to it. Jesus didn't just leave us a set of teachings. Jesus, in fact, gave us himself. The church is ultimately the deifying union between Christ the head and the sanctified members of his body. And so just as the Lord unfurls himself into the Eucharist, Jesus is also extending his divinely human presence into his mystical body, the church.
5: Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck and I'm Lisa Popcheck. And you're listening to the best of More to Life.
2: Hi, I'm Lisa Popcheck. Many new parents approach Greg and I with questions about techniques to be successful parents. But this is the wrong attitude. Remember, your baby is not a machine. There's no operating manual for parenthood. Every parent needs to learn the language their baby speaks in order to create a positive, trust-filled relationship that is optimal for his or her emotional, spiritual, and physical development. The language of baby consists of touch, cuddles, and intensive face time. By speaking this language, you are telling your baby, come close to me, learn from me, let me teach you what the world means and what it means to be you. There are supporting actions such as baby wearing and breastfeeding, but most important is your attitude. You brought this little person into the world. The best gift that you can give them is a willingness to give yourself and self-donative love. For more ways to build a positive relationship with your child, visit us at moretoliferadio.com.
1: Welcome back, folks. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm
2: Lisa Popchak.
1: Today we're talking about trust on our show titled, Who Can You Trust? If you're having a hard time trusting in general, trusting one person in particular, rebuilding broken trust, and you're not sure how to go about it, we are here to help. 877-573-7825.
2: Right now, we're talking with Myrna, who's listening to EWTN Radio in San Antonio, Texas, on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
1: Hey, Myrna, welcome to More to Life. What's your question for us today? Well, mine's kind of a
4: combination—forgive and trust. Okay. Um, when my dad, um, we were all there for his will, and he told us, you know, of course, my mother should be, will be taken care of to the, you know, to the fullest. So, um, what my sister did is, my mom had already had, um, oh my gosh, can't even think of it, dementia. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, what my sister did, and we didn't even know, when she wasn't even, you know, fully there to understand, she had her sign every to, make, to have everything in my sister's name. So, when my Dad passed away, um, you know, we, I mean, my mom, I'm sorry. My mom passed away and, you know, the funeral and everything had taken place. So when we, we asked her, you know, so what does, what does my dad have? Um, She said she wouldn't even talk to us for one thing. And then, so we, you know, kept calling her and asking her, why didn't she want to talk to us? She wouldn't answer our calls, and then when we asked her, at least where is my mom's stuff? She said, "Okay, well, I'll leave you her clothes. I'll put it out by the front of the house, which is by the trash." And then uh, she, she, after that, then she told me, "She says, well, if you, if if you want, I still have the, you know, the pot, the toilet, or whatever that you use." So, oh
2: my.
1: so Myrna, it sounds like you know, so. So she's you're you're asking the question about you know, what what's remaining of your your parents' estate, and she is kind of you know not answering you in the first place, and then kind of being cruel, being cruel uh, by by you know putting out this little thing or that little thing, uh, you know. Um, so, so where the thing? So basically, what what I'm seeing here on the board is that uh, your sister ended up spending your, all your parents' money. She had she had your mom sign papers while she was uh, uh, while your mom was uh, experiencing dementia and uh, turned over all their property to her, and then she blew it all, basically.
4: Right, and so, you know, we after this happened, when my mom passed away, we were just asking her, you know, why do you feel that everything was We didn't even know at that time. We talked to a lawyer, and, you know, he found out and uh, told us that, you know, you can sue her, but the amount of money you're going to pay, and, you know, I have to have doctors and everything stating that she had mentioned, you know, he said the cost of that would be, you know, phenomenal. You just And, you know, we understood that, and we explained to her, you know, we understand that there's nothing we can get, but we just want you to explain to us why you did it or and because she's a, am sorry because she's a catholic um she's a teacher in a catholic school and so she's to me i felt she was a devout catholic and why would she feel that she could do this so when like i said we kept asking her finally she just texted us and said i've done what is i was supposed to do and um I spoke with my priest, and I'm at peace with God. And I just don't understand. And how can I trust her? I you can't. can't even can't. I, you can't. You know, this is I so much. This do. is so
2: much not about the money. This is about her showing you her real character. And her showing you very, very clearly that she is not willing to work for your good. She's not willing to be part of a relationship that you assumed, based on the fact that she was your sister, she would reciprocate. And unfortunately, sometimes people do reveal themselves to be not all in into a relationship with us in some pretty sad and painful ways. Well,
1: and I think that this speaks to the need to um, look deeper than with superficials when it comes to trusting people. You know, the fact that somebody is a teacher in a Catholic school.
2: Or a sister or a child or a spouse. The label or the way they present themselves to the world is not necessarily who they're going to live out being.
1: Exactly. It, it's, it's really all about how they behave. You know, a person's behavior reflects their character. You can trust someone or not trust them based on how they act, not what they look like, right, on the outside. And so your sister has revealed herself to be untrustworthy, and so you can't trust her. And it's it's not unforgiving of you to not trust her. Let me explain what I mean by that. You know, to forgive somebody, St. Augustine tells us, is to surrender your desire to hurt them for having hurt you. So at the point where you stop wanting your sister to be run over by a bus or have bad things happen to her or for you lashing out at her, you know, for, for having done this, you've forgiven her. But that doesn't mean you're going to trust her, you know, that, that doesn't mean that you're going to rely on her to be honest with you uh, or count on her in any kind of meaningful way because she's revealed herself to be untrustworthy. Let's for the sake of argument say that she really did um, do the right thing, Let's just let's just you know, throw aside all the other, you know, red flags and doubts here for a second and say, okay, well, she did the right thing. Well, if she did the right thing, then she shouldn't have any problem coming to you and saying, look, this is what I did. Let me show you the records, and walking you through it all so that you can see, oh, okay, well, this is why she made the decisions that she did. And not
2: only that, she would not just need to be at peace with God, but she would be saying, but obviously I'm not at peace with you. Let me explain what happened and what can we do to set things right so that you and I are okay, even though this is the choice I feel I truly had to make. And she's not. She's just saying snarky things and she's just throwing out there, well, I'm just fine, thank you very much, and not being emotionally present in this relationship at all.
1: Yeah, so so this is, this is clearly the behavior of a guilty person. So whatever she says about her making peace with God or uh, the church or, or whatever, um, she's, she's clearly in the wrong and uh, and not behaving in a trustworthy manner. So the bottom line is, Myrna, as painful as this is, you can't trust her sister. Um, and because her behavior has revealed her to be untrustworthy, it's not um, unjust for you to not trust her. It's not unforgiving of you to not trust her. Uh, that's not to say that you can't have a relationship with her at all. Uh, you know, if you could get together and be civil around holidays or you know, going out for dinner or something, that's that's fine if you can bring yourself to that. But I wouldn't. But but it's okay for you to say, you know what? But I, I can't trust her with anything serious or meaningful or important because she's revealed herself to be an untrustworthy person. And if she complains about that, you know, then you can say, listen, I would love to have a better relationship with you. But until you're willing to walk through the whole process of why you made the decisions that you did with our with our parents, um, I, you know, from the, from the looks of it, you you are not a trustworthy person, and I and I have no choice but to kind of base whether I trust you on your behavior. So if you want to reconcile, show me what you did.
2: Yeah, and so. that includes her being respectful toward you, and being kind. And being thoughtful about what your needs are in this relationship as well, not just justifying what she did financially. But she's, she's said and done some very cruel things here, and she would really need to be actively working to show that she's kind and that she's caring of, of your heart as well as the financial situation
1: you know and again in Matthew 18 you know Jesus walks through a whole process of what it means to reconcile with somebody you go to them and you try to address it and then you go to an elder of the church and you try to address it and if after all that they still are unwilling to reconcile with you then you can shake the dust from your feet you know again i'm not saying that you don't have to have a relationship with your sister or you shouldn't have a relationship with her at all but i am saying that it's it's okay for you to base your treatment of her on her behavior and not to just pretend that everything's fine now um because somehow that's what forgiveness means. Forgiveness doesn't mean that. It means surrendering your desire to hurt her for having hurt you. Um but it doesn't mean pretending everything's okay. If she wants to reconcile with you, let her be respectful and show you what she did and talk through it with you. Otherwise, you 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 have to put up the boundaries that allow you to keep yourself safe. Thanks Myrna. Sorry that you're going through this. I hope that that gives you some steps forward though. 877573 7825 is the toll-free number you can call with your questions about trust 877-573-7825
2: i just want to just really specify here so often we we believe that because somebody holds a title in our lives of sister brother mother father friend whatever it is pastor that that comes with an unspoken set of rules and regulations on how we're going to treat each other and that We automatically are all in in trusting that. No relationship can be that way. We can't sit back on our heels and not be attentive to the relationship, caring about the other, self-donative in the situation, and evaluating of the situation because you really have to judge people by their character and not the title they hold in your life. 877-573-7825.
1: Are you having a hard time knowing who to trust in the first place or rebuilding trust that's been broken with someone you care about? 877-573-7825. Let's take a look at one of our more-to-life hacks for building trust, and that is trusting yourself.
2: When we struggle with trusting with others in general, it usually means that we have a difficult time trusting ourselves to act in a manner that is consistently good for us. Trusting others requires me to know that when others don't behave toward me as they should, I have the ability to consistently recognize poor treatment and then set appropriate boundaries that prevent that poor treatment from continuing.
1: You know, the fact is we do treat other people, or excuse me, we do teach other people how to treat us. You know, if you're having a hard time trusting either one person in particular or people in general, ask yourself, how do I need to act? in order to teach this person to treat me with the dignity and respect I deserve as a child of God. You know, and sometimes that's going to mean opening up more. And sometimes that's going to mean setting some boundaries. But the more you can be confident in your own ability to discern when it's safe to be vulnerable and when it's not, the easier you're going to find it to trust others. Because you know how to trust yourself to know where it's safe around others. 877 573-7825 is there someone in your life you are struggling to trust or do you struggle with trust in general let's talk it out together more to life, we'll be back with your calls right after this
2: Ciao, Amici. Hello, friends. Teresa Tomio here. Ever notice that common sense isn't so common anymore? Each time we check our news feeds or turn on the TV, it seems the world is getting wackier. Well, we desperately need a return to basic common sense. And Rosie Posey, my mom, a street-smart theologian from Jersey City, is just the person we need to help us restore it. So if you need a little bit more help with some common sense or know someone else who needs it, pick out my new book on our store, Everything's Coming Up, Rosie, at AveMariaRadio.net's online store.
5: Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Gerindy here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plan, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton. Some of our children, tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org.
2: Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm
1: Dr. Greg Popchak, and we're talking about trust today. Are you having a hard time trusting somebody or rebuilding broken trust? Let's talk about how to make that happen so that you can have those loving, peaceful, healthy relationships that God calls us all to have. 877 573
2: Right now, we're talking with Greg in Pontiac, Michigan, listening to EWTN Radio on Ave Maria Radio.
1: Hey, Greg, what a noble name you have. So (laughs) what what can we do for you today, sir?
8: Well, good morning, and thank you for taking my call. Uh, The question I have or the situation I have would fall into perhaps a broken trust. Uh, My wife and I uh, made a trip down south, and we ended up uh, deciding together on a purchase, a medium-term to long-term purchase. Uh, This was something that we, before we made the trip, we decided we would not do such a thing, and yet given the situation, uh, we did what we said we wouldn't do. Uh, The trust factor comes where I thought we made it with a conscious and open heart and mind. And now, uh, six, nine months later, my wife gets angry at me saying that she can't trust me uh, because she really needed me to be the stronger person to make a better decision than that what we did make. And I'm thinking again, we made this together consciously, uh, and I just—I'm not sure how I should deal with it. Uh, uh, I'm having difficulty speaking with her on this topic. I'm—I'm I'm willing to accept my responsibility in it, uh, but just—it's causing some strife.
1: Yeah. Well. Okay. So so let, let me make sure I understand this. So you've got you've got this situation where you, had, you both said you weren't going to spend this money on whatever it was. Then when you got to into the situation, you both together—you or you feel—you both together decided yet yeah, we're going to do it anyway. Uh, and now that you've spent the money, uh, periodically your wife says, uh, that's all your fault. Yeah, I mean, yes, we did it together, but you should have been stronger and and, and stood up to me and said, no, we're not going to do it. Is that, is that basically what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. Okay. Well, look, um, the the... the the problem here is that that uh, twofold i mean one you know you, you both were a little impulsive but but on and top, we all have those moments, had those moments yeah. right but on top of that your your wife wants permission to be a child and have you be her parent um and that's not okay that sounds
2: harsh <laughs> it really sounds harsh and i know there are a lot of women who just got really mad because my husband said that and he's a man and he's belittling that no nope. no this could, could just as easily be a guy when we say, you have to be the stronger one in the relationship spouse, no matter which spouse is saying it to the other, whether it's about about money or family planning or you name it, you name it, what what we're putting in our mouths for dessert, you know, oh, you shouldn't have bought that dessert because now that it's in the house, I have to eat it, you know, let's take it down to something as simple as that kind of self-control we are automatically saying please parent me because I'm weak in this now it's okay to admit that we have weaknesses but it's not okay to make other people responsible for those weaknesses yeah, I mean, and like, then get angry at yeah, them yeah, if, if, when they're different.
1: slightly as weak as we are. Yeah, you know, it would be a different story if your wife was saying, "You know what? You know, I, I was, I, I was, I was really weak there, and uh, you know, I really wish that that you had said something. But you know, we were both kind of in a weak moment there. We made this decision together. I guess we need to figure out how we can kind of grow up on this and, area. And that's, that's what it comes down you know, to, though. Yeah. No
2: matter what she's saying, and she really needs to look at herself in the mirror here and take responsibility for her part in this, but no matter what the situation is, the next step is how do we make sure that we both act as adults and we don't make impetuous decisions? Again, what agreements can we come to? Do we say... We have to wait a certain amount of time. Do we have to write it all down and make a pros and cons list and really discuss it and both sign on the dotted line on a piece of paper so we're both taking responsibility? Something that would work for you guys so that you both really are in agreement that you've made this decision together because she's saying, well, you thought we were, but we weren't.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll come back around to some practical things here in just a second. But there, I, there, I'm, I'm hearing an objection in my head that some listeners might have. Oh, good. But, he, but he's Address the husband. That. He's supposed to be the head okay. of the husband. And I'm she's, glad you brought right, that up. Right, okay, fine. Right? But that doesn't mean that the wife gets to be a child. Okay? You know. And so, again, if she wanted to say, you know what, we both were in this, and I really wish you had been a little bit more of a leader in this situation, but we both kind of messed this up. Oh, well, let's figure out how we can move forward from here. Okay. You know what? That's everybody gets in the situations like that. But to say, you know, I wanted a permission to be a child and be impulsive, but you were the one who was supposed to have it all together and you didn't. So now I'm mad at you. Well, Well, and
2: and if you give that person, okay, (laughs) that person, and it goes both ways. You're right. Biblically, we're talking about that, but it goes both ways. Often men will say, well, you're just supposed to make the decision about fill in the blank, the kid's education, whatever it is. It's if just... you give that other person that kind of leadership in your life, but you don't like where they lead, then you don't you've, you're you know you've given up the right to complain about it. Greg led. He said, this looks like a great thing. We're on this vacation. we We think we should do this. Honey, you seem on board with this. Let's go. She had a chance to object.
1: Yeah she
2: Now, you know, all you can do is say, hey, this was not the optimal thing for us to do. What do we need to make sure we're on the same page in the future, and how do we handle the burden of whatever this decision is has given us so, together in a way that's healthy and so safe? So there are
1: for two us. levels to this. The first level in the financial piece, you can say, Greg, listen, moving forward, honey. We're not going to make any decision unless we've slept on it for you know 24 hours, or unless we've like sat on it for a week, or I unless maybe
2: written it down, or unless so we've, we've talked to a financial advisor
1: about. first to make Hugely sure that, that we have a third party here to kind of check our impulsivity. Uh, you know, but you come you come up with something that's going to provide a check and balance for both of your impulsivities uh, tendencies here. So that's that's the financial piece of this. The more important part, as far as I'm concerned, though, is the part where she kind of is blaming you for or wants the right to blame you for decisions that you made together. And that's where you say, you know what, honey, um, we're going to do this moving forward. But I don't want to I don't want you to beat me up about this decision that we made together in the future. And because I love you and I didn't marry a child. You know, we were in this together and we both messed up. And I need you to be willing to accept your responsibility for it, so we can move forward both as adults doing this together. I'm not; it's not my job to drag you through irresponsible decisions. You know? <laughs> it's not; it's our job together to, to check each other and to support each other and to be helpmates to each other. And I want a partner who can do that with me. So, do you think we can get on board with that and you stop beating me up about this and move forward with this new plan we've got in place, or do we need to get some counseling so that we can figure out both how to be grown ups for each other? Because this is not okay. All right, Greg, that's a tough message to send, but I, I hope that this will empower you to make that message. And, in fact, if, if, if you want some support, download the podcast at net. Play it for your wife. I'm sure it will give you guys lots to talk about.
2: She when may not love us, but hopefully it will help you love each other but, a whole lot but more. But we
1: all need a little kick in the pants every once in a while to be the grown-ups that we're meant to be, and, and this might be hers. So, Greg, thanks for the call. Oh, Folks, you know, this is an important thing to remember, okay? Trust is so key to healthy relationships. And as we head out, I want to share one last mortal life hack for building trust, and that's expect to be treated well.
2: No, expecting to be treated well doesn't mean we have the right to expect others to feed us grapes while we recline on our sofa as much as we were just talking about. But the theology of the body teaches us that being made in the image and likeness of God, we have both a right to expect to be treated with love and the obligation to treat others lovingly.
1: You know, in fact, love is the only appropriate response to another person. We often have a hard time trusting other people because we don't expect to be treated well. You know, we go into relationships trying to decide how badly we have to, be, uh, to have to allow ourselves to be treated by somebody before we have the right to say something about it. Well, that's exactly the opposite of what God's calling us to do. Building a civilization of love means entering into relationships, expecting that other people will work hard to be loving to us and that we're going to work hard to be loving to them. And then building from that foundation, we further expect each other to be committed to learning how to love each other even better tomorrow. You know, we're called to be saints, and love is the engine that drives that sanctity. We can't be saints if we're settling for less in our efforts to work for the good of others, or if we actively enable others to behave unlovingly. You know, our ability to trust others depends on our ability to expect to be in relationships with people who know how to love us and expect to be loved by us in return. We've been talking today about cultivating trust in all of our relationships and rebuilding trust when it's been broken. It's a tough job, but we are all called to do it, and there are ways through. If you need more support, healing those broken relationships, rebuilding that broken trust, or learning how to trust yourself, others, or God again check out the resources we have available at catholiccounselors.com, where you can read excerpts from our books. You can check out hundreds of free self-help power break videos on our video section at catholiccounselors.com. You can also learn more about the Catholic counseling practice that we direct through the Pastoral Solutions Institute that allows you to hook up with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor who can take your marriage, family, or personal life to the next level. All the information is there for you at catholiccounselors.com. We hope we'll see you over at our place later on. But for now, thank you so much for sharing this part of your journey with us and allowing us to spend this time with you. We hope that you can get out there and celebrate the life you were meant to live by being God's gift to someone today. Have a great day, guys. God bless.
2: You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.